Welcome as everybody. We got my friend Ruben Rosas here. Welcome, hey Ruben. everybody, how's it going, Matt? How are we doing today? You're now officially inscribed into the Akashic Records of my computer. I'm in. Me and the computer are syncing together. I'm gonna smoke a little bit of weed because I'm a degenerate. If it gets too smoky, let me know. Oh no, it's all good. So this is some music that uh, my friends and I recorded back in. This will be about 2014, 2015. Okay. Right before the world went off the fucking rails. <laughs> I think the world went off the rails when I came out of my mother's womb, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, we were just talking about this and that. And uh, I was going to uh, ask you to go on. I'm going to fade <laughs> fade the music out. And we're going to... Uh, I might keep it low. Like, people aren't going to hear it. We'll yeah. be able to hear it. It kind of helps our vibe. Sure. Um and so you were talking about uh, moving to a lunar calendar from, yeah. a, from a solar calendar in, in some of your life events, yeah? But all of my Break life. Break that down? All my life events, if I could. So Where'd that come from? Uh, some sort of ancient tapping in somewhere is what I'd like to call it. Uh, I got into um, this movie called The 13th Warrior way back in the day it came out in 99 okay. with good old uh antonio banderas and oh, i love him dude uh, oh wait isn't it like a crusade it's like a crusades thing it's right? a crusades thing with okay. the vikings and all that and uh it inspired a tattoo that i have going across my chest that states uh fear profits man nothing and uh in that there's there's just a lot of different hits that i got from in that movie and part of it was um our our cycle, our yearly cycle works revolves around 13 moons. Correct. And so we have a 12 month calendar. To me, it doesn't make sense. Like, why is it there are 13 moons and a 12 month calendar? So myself as a human being and the further that I tap into myself, I'm recognizing that I'm off. Right. Right. Could I offer you something on that though? Please. So, um, Ancient cultures, some cultures still run by uh, lunar cycles, like the, the Jewish calendar, the Chinese calendar, um, and then there's extant ancient Mesoamerican calendars that run that. But they also, I can't talk about the Chinese or the Jewish calendar, but I know the Mesoamerican calendars, they would run two calendars. One was a solar calendar and one was a lunar calendar. Okay. So the lunar calendar is the 13 months that happen throughout the year, and the solar calendar is the 12 months because of the 365 and a quarter day solar year. That it takes us to go around the sun once. Okay. Right? They shorted the 360, and that's where we actually got the 360 degrees. Okay. Because degrees in a circle are analogous to days. And now the really crazy thing, dude, is like, so 360 degrees in a circle, like how that number relates to pi, which is an irrational number that's totally extant and proves itself in nature as well as the phi ratio. Mm -hmm. Like all of that shit's linked together in this way crazy cosmic accident, right? And so what the ancients used to do is they had a 360-day year, and they had five days, and like the Mayans would call them days out of time that were like festival celebration days. Okay. And so every year, so you'd have 12 months of 30 days, and then you'd have the five days, because 12 times three, 30 is 360. Mm -hmm. You have the five days out of time to keep the calendar somewhat synced up with our, our solar year, right? Okay. And then you have the 13-moon calendar. Right. Right, which is also incredibly important and i think that we can feel you can see women's periods being influenced it by the tides being influenced by it. and i think that we also might be hippie bro science or whatever but i think that we're influenced by it as well i i, I want to agree 100 percent because 
the more, like I was saying, the more I dive into myself, the more that I'm noticing that there are little shifts that are off that adjust certain linear times of the day or during a full moon or during a new moon where I'm like, Ooh, why am I more aggro here? And why am I more docile over here? You know, and like winter time, like when I want to just sleep and go into my cave and summertime, it's like, who's sleeping during summer, you know, like the sun's out and I'm just going for it. So, um, I've noticed that for myself for a few years, I mean, for a really long time, but I didn't really know how to explain it because I didn't do the work on myself and I hadn't been doing the work on myself. So, well, you know, I think the other thing that happened was the Roman Catholic church, they came through and wiped out any evidence of the 13 moon calendars and, and that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, they even made when they executed the Knights Templar for crimes against you know the church and blah blah blah. They they got Jacques de Molay on the uh, Friday the Thirteenth. The French King and the Pope conspired to get the leader of the Templars on Friday the Thirteenth. Mm. That's why they made thirteen an unlucky number. Right, and it's literally obscuring a truth that ties us into our natural cycles and really places us on the Earth in the center in a fractal manner. Sure. In the center of the universe, you know, in the center of our known universe. All of a sudden, we're located in space-time somewhere, and we feel a part of something. If you feel a part of nature and a part of something, how is someone else going to be able to control you? Right. It's not right. going to be as easy. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, something to do with that 13 as well is, like, when I was down in Peru and I was doing my, like, studies around, like, Sweat Lodge and San Pedro that the the 13 was a big number, right? There was, like, 13... Um, number of herbs that we would use inside the lodge. There was 13 um, points to the lodge that we had created um, just revolving around the 13 stones that come in per um, per opening of the door. Like, wow. And so I don't want to go too deep into what 13 really is, but I asked my teacher and he said, well, that's the perfect number because um, it cannot be divided into it's a prime number evenly or whatever. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, cool. Well, 13 moons, 13, 13 pillars, 13 herbs, like what's going on? Like, and it just, it sits in the somewhere in my mind. Cause yeah. during my, during my day being a, being an entrepreneur, being a actual worker in the system, uh, being a dreamer, of my dreams. I mean, what brought me over here was a phone call, you know, to, to dive deeper into that. And, uh, just looking into creating the best version of myself each and every day. So how do, how do all these pieces mix in together? And, uh, and how does the cycle of the sun, the cycle of the moon, my cycle, my partner cycle, like all those things, how does that all um, create relevance in my in my life and in my being as I as I meet the next person or the next person? Like, do we align or do we misalign because somewhere our energies are on and off with numbers? Do our numbers equate and all the things, right? And like the whole, oh, you're a Gemini and this out and the other. Like, there's so many different aspects to things, and it's like every little bit I I'm trying to pick up and be like that's true for me 
but that's not true for me. And like, right. where do I balance all those things out? And, um, it all just, it all just cycles around. So I'm just trying to piece. There's, a, there's piece a, an author, his name's Robert Anton Wilson. Mm-hmm. Badass author, really funny guys, uh, from like Queens, I think originally, um, you can hear him on YouTube and stuff. And he's mm-hmm. just got that funny ass old school New York accent. But, uh, he talks about everyone inhabiting their own reality tunnel. And some people will have, you know, elements or aspects of the majority of their reality tunnel synced. And so it's easier to hang out with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then other people, they'll just be completely off. And that it's not as much as there's a, any, any solid complete truth from a human perspective. It's really our own reality tunnels influenced by our psychology, our life experiences and that kind of thing. Hmm. And the other thing he says is like, never fall for, believe anyone else's bullshit foremost your own. Mm-hmm. And that was that, that just, I fell in love with him instantly when I was like, yes, yes. Cause everybody will tell you not to believe other people's bullshit sure. and to buy theirs. Right. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's like, don't believe anyone's bullshit. And most importantly, don't believe your own bullshit. Yeah. To me, that's like, Oh, that's actual wisdom. There's something I need to hear. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's that like, believe in your own truth, but leave the bullshit. Right. Yeah. Cause my truth for me is freaking solid, right? Yeah. Like I want to believe that 100%, but when I start thinking and I get into my my mind, that bullshit that we we're talking about, like I don't want to believe any of that because my truth already told me go for it, yeah. but I start thinking about it and that creates this bullshit. Thinking and, is the enemy. And that's the what side of experiencing. Yeah, and that's what society taught us. I mean, that's what I learned going to school that's what i learned watching the cartoons is oh what are you thinking about like like no don't think about it the field that i work in with um with my sexology and stuff is like it's all body it's all body it's all breath and so trust in that and so that's been a big journey for me too let's dive into that let's what what's the history with that uh history i've seen i've seen it a little bit from you know social media posts mm -hmm. and this and that but i really haven't really we've never really dove in sure very interested so uh let's see 2018 i was out in australia uh i was dating a girl for a while and uh ended up moving out there and trying to start a new chapter in my life i remember and what had happened was i was working with a men's organization called mankind project and so one of my brothers uh in Australia, his name's Danny Redbard. He's online too. Uh, he's dating a woman at the time named Victoria Redbard. Okay. And so when I went and crashed on their couch and like whatever, super sweet people just chatting, she was telling me about her dream of like starting this institute. Okay. And so what she calls it is the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. And so she had done a couple trial runs with uh, women running them through this sexuality course that she created. Um, it's a self-pleasure modality. Um, she's been working with her self-pleasure and in the like, I don't want to say like sex industry, but not in like a negative way industry. because there's a weird, right? Like, there's a huge stigma around sex workers. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so she had been doing her own practice and also, um, like she was doing some stripping and stuff to make extra income, plus studying like sociology or something at school. And we were sitting around on her couch one day in 2018, and she was telling me this dream about starting the institute and this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, when you get it going, you know, let me know or whatever. And uh, the day and age is 
right? Facebook. And so I could tap into anybody at any time or whatnot. And I kept my, at the end of 2018, I ended up coming back to California, but I kept my ties with Australia. And so, which was beautiful because good old Instagram and Facebook, predominantly Facebook, like I'd just be tapping in and just be saying hi and this, that, and the other. And so then the opportunity came across that she was opening up um, her third, third revolution of it. And she was introducing men. So I was one of 12 other men, all the other guys are in Australia, um, that learned this, uh, this technique, this self-pleasure technique. It's, uh, breath, body, touch, sound. Um, and I learned how to become a teacher of it and also enhance that in my own life, uh, which has been the biggest gift is that I can tap into myself at each and any moment of the day, whether it's for two seconds or two hours or whatever, and like um, get the guidance that I need for myself where in the past I was reaching out and looking for it for um, someone else from yeah. other source or whatnot. So through this through this practice, um, yeah, I found some sort of solid, uh, I, f- I found a base along with the men's work that I was doing as well, like just created this, this solidness in me that um that i believe i'm carrying today and that i've been carrying for a while so that's awesome so through that course it was a it was a nine month course and i did over 200 hours of witnessing and also um accessing my own self-pleasure so i was witnessed and then i was also witnessing some of the other students i mean are you I, I'm not, and I, please don't take anything as offense. I'm just. Oh, absolutely. Are you masturbating in front of the people? Is that what you mean, or is it like a non-genital self-pleasure? Oh no, this is this is full-on self-pleasure, yet it's not masturbation. So, okay. masturbation for me is predominantly friction-based with <laughs> with a goal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking definition right there. That's great. That's nice. Yeah. So there's a goal to when I masturbate. I want to relieve stress. I want to just get one out. Like just. I can dig it. It was, it was taught to me that way, right? Hurry up, get it done, get it out of the way. (sighs) And, uh, and that way I can go on with my day and not be as stressed out. Or if I had a date or whatnot, I might last longer in the bedroom or Uh whatever. That's, this is how I accessed it and how I used utilitarian perspective, my masturbation. Yeah with self-pleasure it's a timed it's i practice with 30 minutes it's a 30 minute timed i predominantly listen to music when i do it and for me as a male i start in my genitals to activate like my uh my eros so my Uh eros is my chi my whatever one wants to call it that energy that like really i know that i'm alive and so then from from that space i i move that energy through touch through sound through my breath like a tantra yeah. and um and i move that energy if i'm feeling sad right i'll i can set my timer put some music on and get get into the core depth of my sadness through my sex as well and so through my self-pleasure 
And so then I can, I can connect to it and, and not just cry or not just go punch somebody because I'm that sad or that upset that I move it through my body and it releases, um, it releases an old trauma or an old energy that was there that was stuck. And so for me in this practice, like it's just helped me throughout so many different things to, to move my anger, my sadness, my joy, my love, my, my pain, all the things like I've had sore backs and sore shoulders and this, that, and the other thing from, you know, digging and working and this, that, and the other thing. And I'll set my timer and I'll set my music and I'll just get, get myself into like a, a meditation mode, yeah. go into self pleasure yeah. and concentrate on moving that energy that is stuck. The pain that's stuck in my back, the yeah. pain that's stuck in my shoulder, whatever. And it's beautiful for me, the magic that releases out of that. And for me, the pain goes away like 98% of the time. And I'm just like, whoa, like it really sounds like old school, like an old school Tantra technique, but without all the uh, spiritual or, or I should say like Orthodox religious uh, languaging and codification that comes over what mm. you're doing to me. Sure. And, and that's a thing. It sounds very much like, uh, elements and aspects of, of the work of Wilhelm Reich. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. So mm-hmm. he was one of uh, Freud's uh, top students. And okay. he had a theory called character analysis. And it was that not just traumas are stored somatically in the body, but actually character, meaning the way you feel about yourself, subconsciously and consciously, the way you feel about others, the m- modes and methods you react in the world, that they're stored in postures and uh, tight areas, breath holding. And, and his big thing was... Um, Similar in a way, but different, which was touch. And for him, it was the therapist helping the person with touch and, and not and not a sexual touch, but touch on the body and mm-hmm. breathing and really allowing breath into places and finding the places that are tight and that are stuck and that are what he calls the armoring and using breath to tap into that and to release it, to work it out. Definitely, definitely. Um, so that's amazing. That's super amazing. And where does this lady teach it? Is it primarily online? Um, it's online okay. does at she the have moment. A website you want to give a shout out to? Uh, it's the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. Uh, you can find her on cool. her name's Victoria Redbard. You can find her on Facebook, Insta, okay. all the things. Um, okay. She's also jumping into some some of the uh, metaverse stuff and uh, just. Uh, beautiful being in my life to to be there and so you've been doing this for about three years now. it's going on three three plus i have currently one client and i mean always seeking more clients because like i've said um in the past i i jumped into this venture because in five years in 10 years i don't want to be pulling a shovel anymore like i need i benefit from getting off of the physical work and also the the joy and the pleasure and the like just the balance that I personally receive from helping others. It's like this weird that's right. That's right. Um, it's not weird. It's it's like the giveaway that I can give back to my to my planet, to my fellow human, right. like whatnot. Yeah, the things that I've done in the earth, um, work wise, physically working that was that's been a give back as well i mean that's the way that i like to see it um but my i have a different energy that i can also transfer via human to human where i'm not breaking my back and and that's um that's been a big journey for me 
So I've been in touch with the the institute since since 2019 is when it first started okay. or when I first started through it and I've jumped into um, being a um, facilitator of space in that group ever since or even before I actually like officially graduated or whatever okay. um, got my certificate my certificate says I have over 205 hours of like witnessing but I'd have to say it's two, three times that um, okay. off the books or whatnot that's just holding space and energy for people um, in that self-pleasure space because for me, part of part of it was doing it myself, but then the other part was actually being witnessed by others. And so... And just seeing that you, it's, it's like you get, a, you get a subconscious message that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so like my body issues and yeah. like all the things that I used to tell myself and this, yeah. that, and the other thing, I've, I've found balance yeah. in these, these places in myself. That and happened that, to me going to the hot springs, like in my late twenties, going to the hot springs and mm-hmm. like having to get naked in front of other people. Mm-hmm. And it was just the wildest thing where, uh, it was so scary until they took my pants off and then like, it was so easy and fine. And we were all just naked, normal people. Mm-hmm. And all the things you think you might trip on or would matter don't. And it's really like everybody's just free and they're cool. And it's almost like more of a trip, people relating to each other with pants on than without. And I know that might sound weird, but no, it was so trippy. And then, I mean, we even got on this whole we got on this whole trip. This was back in L.A. for like a year or more where we'd be at parties. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd get high on psychedelics. And there was like a big crew of us. Like we'd roll like 10 plus deep. And it was mostly me and my buddy Kevin. Um that would instigate, you know, and we'd all start getting high and I'd look at him, he'd look at me and be like, Do you feeling it? Fuck yeah, me too, dude. And we would just like strip naked, but not be out of control in any way, not be sexual, not be weird, you sure. know, not trying to spark an orgy. Right. But just having super fun and kind of fucking with people's ideas and expectations. Mm-hmm. And just watching parties explode with people like, Oh fuck, do I have to leave? Is this an orgy? Is this weird? Like, do I keep my pants on? Do I take my pants off? And mm-hmm. and ninety percent of the time plus, like everybody would end up getting naked and we'd have these way cool naked psychedelic parties where like Nobody was doing anything, you know, up sexual. No one was having sex in public. Mm-hmm. We're just having the best naked time ever. Yeah, it's incredibly freeing. Which, yeah, which I mean that that brings up a couple things like the the energy that you were able to just channel in yourself um, from working with women in the in the institute. There's a lot of um, feeling of unsafe around what? a male-bodied human being because all the all the things that have happened in the past yes sir and so i've dealt and i've worked with women i mean the majority of the workers that i'm working with are women and there's a huge shift that changes when when i witness them and when they witnessed me that creates this um this safety this really cool energetic which comes from a man being safe in his own body. Yeah. I hear you speaking to the fact of just being able to get naked and not being like, "Hey baby, come on." Yeah, not that, with a that's, boner, not That's that's huge. Yeah. That is huge in this day and age. It's probably been huge forever, but And we were know, rolling in like mixed gender like 10 people deep of like men and women. It wasn't sure. like, it wasn't like 10 dudes like, "Yo, let's get naked at this party." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which would have been yeah. okay too. And this is a whole weird little stigma just thing not, too that's probably that's... not greeted with. Well, I mean, the thing about men is men are fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like first totally. and foremost, 
men are dangerous, mm-hmm. just like lions are dangerous. Right. We have overlays of society, and we have societal agreements, and, and the fact that most people's will and want to do good good work and, and behave well, but when it comes right down to it, men are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, they're capable of harming people, and with the sexual dimorphism of men and women, men are incredibly dangerous to women. Sure. You know, like sure. As, as scared as I have ever felt in the presence of some other dude who was tripping and way bigger than me or whatever, trying to pl- play the jail game or whatever, mm-hmm. like that, that pales in comparison to what a woman would do. Right. And this is, this is who we are today, right? Yeah. Like, because I survived because somewhere in my past, there was a warrior there, yeah. right? The weak didn't survive. Right. The warrior survived. Right. The guy that killed the lion, he yeah. survived. Not yeah. the guy that got killed by the lion. Like, yes, sir. You know? Yeah. And so that's like, I'm a natural warrior. Like it's yeah. in me somewhere yeah. because my belief is the warrior survived or the schemers, right? Like the schemer no guys shit. were the ones that survived. So, hey, that's our prisons are full because there's full of schemers. Like, no and shit. I'm alive because I was a warrior. And like, there's some schemer shit in me. Like, you know, where I do little trick shit here have, and there. We and the, like, we all have the little. We have the angel and the devil sitting on our shoulders. Sure. And we have to cultivate through our discipline. Mm-hmm. Our attention. We have to cultivate the angel. But when it was my ancestor versus a lion yes. or versus another man, yeah. like my ancestor survived. And you are the result of winning. 100. Congratulations, everybody yes. out there. You are yes. the result of winning. Yes. You are a winner. Let You're alone a winner the winner ass sperm from some winner ass balls up in a winner ass egg, just winning. Yes, because I mean, even that, right? Like yeah. the one sperm that gets yeah. the egg. Like yeah. there was millions of them, or something. Exactly. They say I don't know. I do. Yeah. This is the part where, like, I have not done like the full science of, like, the sexuality course stuff. That okay. you know, like, for me, it's been more of the spiritual and more of the the essence of it. Yeah, like the science part, I have not like dove into. So it's um like you were speaking to the Tantra and, and all that, like I know what Tantra is essentially, but I've not read a Tantra book or any of that stuff. But like the, the energy I'm told lives in that practice as well. But then I look at it and I'm like, it's like yoga. It's like karate. It's like lifting weights. Like it's, it's finding that peaceful space within that like, once I'm there, you can't you can't mess with me. Yeah. Like I'm in my zone, right? Yes. Like so, the self pleasure allows me to be in my zone safely. Gotcha. And it allows me to be around others in a safe manner with with sexuality, right? Yes, like yeah. we made a couple jokes around like being around guys naked. Big deal. Like. I don't care. I don't have that sexual energy there, right? Like I can be around a hundred beautiful women and not go into that, that warrior, that taker. I can also be around a hundred men naked and not get into that warrior taker or the fear space that where when I was a high school kid, like I didn't want to be caught in the locker room with the older guys because like I just didn't know myself as a sexual being and I was embarrassed. And so- I grew up Christian Catholic, right? There's well, that the in there too. too. In like in high school, if you're not used to it, it's like it's pretty. I was a wrestler, mm-hmm. and I went from just you know being an only child at home who like only ever used the bathroom in my house with the door fucking closed to like now you have to shower with all these dudes every day, 
and I went back and forth with it by coaches. And for a minute, they even kind of gave me some slack because I was pretty talented. And, and uh, but then we kept having to talk. They're like, "You have to shower here." And I'm like, "Dude, I live three blocks from school. I just run home and shower." You mm-hmm. know. And eventually, I had to. It was part of the team thing, and it just it weirded me out for quite a few years. Yeah, sure. Know? Because it was just introduced. So it wasn't. There was no explanation. It was just. Now you just get naked and shower with all these dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it didn't make sense to me, and it wasn't explained well. Yeah, same, same, and like to this day, I still will not shower at the gym. Huh. I won't. I fucking refuse. Like I just like I'll just go home and shower. Like, no need, no want. And yeah. like I'm cool with going to the hot springs, having naked parties. It's not even being naked around people. Mm-hmm. It's just still there's just something where it's like you know what, like fuck you, coach. I'm gonna go shower at home. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then like. If and when there's the opportunity to tap into that and be like, hey, I'm going to break that mold one day. If that's something that calls to you, you know, like, because my understanding of the things that, that quote unquote, like block me in my life, like how I, how I travel with others, why am I this way with this person or that way with that person? And where did I learn that from? Like, yeah. I find myself asking myself that question a lot. Like, what, where did I learn that from? Yes. And I think it's important to know, mm-hmm. you know, and like for that one, I don't know that I have to really recreate any experience as much as just be conscious of the, of the why and where it came from mm-hmm. and, and kind of laugh at it Yeah. that way. And I've taken group showers with people, just not at the gym. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Group showers, group waterfall, group, you know, all of, the above. All, all of it. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of, for me anyways, finding self, like, because in the past I wouldn't be able to do that because I was afraid of my own shadows, my own things that were blocking me. Right. Like in the crowd, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll fuck anybody. I'll be around anybody. Like I'll be naked. No big deal. Blah, 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 blah. But if you put me into the scene, like I'd be like, "Eh, oh, like in the center of attention back into the corner right yes, like i can dig that and now i mean i could i i feel i could confidently just be like oh that's what we're doing okay cool right. no problem because i've i've found that space in myself to be like yeah i'm i'm traveling and if someone else has um different energy around me that's on them that's not on me yeah. like whether i'm feeling really good and others want to like jump on and feel good as well or if I'm feeling like shit, it's not for others to jump on and feel like shit with me. Like, yeah. that's that's my stuff. You go ahead and be happy still. Yes. And let me just go through my shit. Word. Right. Or I'm going to go ahead and be happy even though you just went through a whirlwind of life. You're and controlling the one thing you can control, which is your perspective and, and, and behavior and attitude. I let go of the control. Gotcha. I don't want to control anything. Gotcha. Just, just well, meaning what, what I'm trying to say is you are the one who is navigating from a point of consciously choosing how to respond instead of react. Yes. Yes, definitely. So that's been a, which is a great thing. And I think it's something that's important for everybody is to really find a point in their life where they can look inside because I think a lot of us and maybe almost everybody really has some trauma and, and really begins with this hole at the middle. And there's always this kind of collapsing feeling. Mm-hmm. And if one can find a space and time to do the work and to look inside, if you go deep enough inside of that black void, what you find is there's a star inside and you're actually constantly generating your own energy, your own light, 
you're in love. Man, I sound like a fucking hippie. No, but I anyway, I did hella drugs and this happened to me. Yeah. And I think it's really, and it sounds like something similar happened to you through this experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's very important for us to find that because until you find the well inside or the spring inside of yourself that is generating, you're always going to be seeking. You're going to be seeking validation from other people. You're going to be seeking energy and love and all of these things from external sources, from drugs, from food, from people, from experiences. Definitely. And that's not really ever going to leave you in a present and fulfilled way. Mm-hmm. And the difficult part, part for me that's been that I've been navigating lately is recognizing that I have to, I benefit from holding my, not holding my breath, but taking an extra breath, slowing down my breath when I encounter a loved one that's just off the wall. Right. Because I I can't texting. I I can't texting. And I said, I've learned to just delete it and wait. Mm hmm. Exactly. Just giving somebody, it's not ever about, it's not about a, a, a passivity from weakness or, or being scared. It's really just realizing that moment of like, instead of me trying to push the situation to make it exactly what I want right now, like being okay with the lack of resolution and breathing mm-hmm. and allowing everything to shift into place and allowing people that you deal with, especially to, to come to their own perspective that really mirrors your yours at the same time. Sure. And that's what I find is like, I'll have an interaction with somebody and I'll be like, no, it's this way. And I want to call him or text him and be like, it's this way. You're wrong. Here's the way it is. Agree with me and let's fucking move forward. Because mm-hmm. I tend to have a pretty astute read on shit. And what I've realized is, is nine times out of ten when I have that feeling, if I sit around, usually that person ends up texting me back and is like moved to the position that, that I thought that you know we would both be seeing logically in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then I haven't pissed anyone off and, you know. I got to do the work on myself instead of just trying to hammer the situation and, and sculpt it into what I want. Right. Your ancestry, your natural warrior wants to be like, I yes. am taking over this bus because I feel safe yes. knowing that I'm in control of yep. the scenario yep. where if I can slow down and I can breathe and be like that whole t- time heals all wounds. If and when both people will choose to go within and be like, how do I how do I discover what was going on with me and reapproach the situation? Yeah. And for me, my my experience has been tough with others that that don't necessarily take that breath or take that step to relook back at it. Yes. And I'll reapproach with like, hey, I saw that I was doing XYZ in this scenario. And then that person calls me out and is like I was this and you were wrong and you were this and you were that and you were that. And I was like, I'm going to take another breath. Thank you for that space. I'm going to go do some more. Cause like, yeah, if, if my realization that the other person hasn't even started looking into themselves or the scenario and they're just holding strong to, to their ground, it's, I can't, I don't, how do I meet them there? How do I meet them in that space? Sometimes you have to protect yourself in the situation by just waiting. Of course. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I mean, had that, that happen with people where you're like, you're just on timeout till you get right. Mm-hmm. If you ever come with like any type of like, I'm willing to eat at least half the pie, and usually I'll eat like seventy percent of that motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's like, but you got to take a bite while I'm watching. You got to mm-hmm. literally take a bite and be like, this is my bite of the pie. Like at least one bite has to go in. You got to chew that motherfucker, swallow it, and smile, mm-hmm. and then we're cool. Because it's never, 
it's never all one of us. No. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like, that's always the thing. It's like, as soon as you're ready, dude, that's the thing's fresh. It's in the fridge. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to come over and take your bite, like, cool, let's, let's do it. And I've had, I've been able, to, I've lived for so long, I've had friends come around after 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Maybe you weren't such an evil dick after all. All right, cool. Cool. Let's be friends. Yeah. That's, I was just waiting for that one moment. Yeah. Grab I'm, the I'm drum. You're also an asshole. Let's try to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, some people, it does take 15. Some it takes 20. Some it takes their whole lifetime. Yeah. And, and they just never came around to it. True. Uh, something that sparks there is I've been doing men's work with the Mankind Project for the past four years part of um the first two that i did in australia and then i've done several here in california and i was in a training one time and we do this we do this facilitation where we get i went through it myself where i i found my deepest wound i found where it was at and i was um assisted through by other other men, elder men, um, they facilitated me through a process to find that wound within myself. And so for me, I was like, oh, it's cool. I've been in this for a couple of years now and I can facilitate others, but I'm only going to work with younger guys because I'm only, I'm only 41. What am I going to do? I can't teach a 50 year old. I can't, that was my story. I can't teach an older guy, right? Like I'm here to learn from them. Okay. And, uh, I had the opportunity to run a process with like an 80-year-old man. And this man w- went into his wounded boy. He went into like a wounded three, four-year-old boy wow. around his father. Okay. And I was facilitating this man. And long story short, at the end of the facilitation and everything, uh he pulls me aside and we have this conversation and he says, you just saved my life because I've never touched that part of my soul before. He's like, I was in a biker gang. I did all kinds of drugs. I've done X, Y, Z to people. Wow. And I've never, this is all I've needed was to be heard and to be held in this space. Totally. And, and that really moved me to be like, okay, I got to keep doing this because if I can help older guys as well as younger guys, like there's some sort of energy there in just holding space for another person. Yes, sir. Um, and then through the sexuality school, now it's males, females, it's sexuality, it's vulnerability. One thing that I, as a man in my past, was like, no, I am not getting vulnerable around any of you. Gotcha. And what well, brought up really, there's been a real toxic male culture for the most part in America amongst a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I think later in my life, getting into like my later twenties that I started to find people that I could actually be real with mm-hmm. you know, and, and not have to go through the whole social charades. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I didn't find that until I, until I started doing work with this organization because I have friends that I've known for 35 years that know who I am, like the outside Ruben, yeah. but they don't know the inside of me. Yeah. I know guys that that I've done work with for less than three months, uh-huh. especially in the beginning, 
that know the deep dark parts of me that I've never even told these people that I've known for 30 plus years wow. that I've not told my mom that I've not told my dad wow. due to the stories that I've created of who my mom and dad are who these people are in my life yeah and so I'm like it's too vulnerable for me to tell you guys wow but I will I'll go tell this man that's done the work that's been through the dark because I know he went through something similar than what I went to yeah, they're like a compatriot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been through. They've been through the fire yeah. or um, similar similar processes, and and knowing that, n- knowing now that I'm not alone, that every being on this planet is going through something. Everyone's tripping, bro. <laughs> totally. It's one of the things that help. I have a lot of social anxiety. Like I get, you know. I'm afraid to go to the party and that kind of stuff. Mm. And the thing that set me free a long time ago was just realizing like everybody else. So I'm, I'm like, fuck, what do I wear? Oh my God. Like the, the people that see that little mark on my skin right there. Like, Oh, is my hair good? Like, you know what I mean? Just the wheel. And then what I realized one day, like everybody else isn't showing up like, Oh, I don't fucking feel great. I'm just cool as fuck. Like mm-hmm. Everybody else is like at their house. Like, Oh God, like does this shirt go with this? And like, uh, you know, I'm going through a health thing. Like, does everybody know I have a hemorrhoid or, you know, just whatever. Sure. Sure. And the moment I realized everybody is bringing that to the party and we're all doing our best to survive. Mm-hmm. I was able to put my own trip aside and show up in a way that was present to be present for people and be helpful at the party and be attentive to folks. And all of a sudden people thought I was some party superstar, but it was literally just because I, I finally had that breakthrough of realizing like, it's not about me tripping on me. It's like, how can I show up and be a benefit mm-hmm. and not just to a party, but to any social gathering, any organization, anywhere to my family. Like how can I show up and be a benefit? Mm-hmm. And like, we're all still going to trip a little bit, but yeah. just bringing it back to one of the first things you said a long time ago, I learned to just stop listening to my thinking mm-hmm. and I can't really, always stop my thinking but i can definitely stop paying attention to it or taking it seriously sure it's just and like it's like another that wheel is like another dude on the bus while i'm driving i'm like yeah 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 larry that's cool man yeah you know he never fucking shuts up sure <laughs> and the beauty of that is like you're seeing it you're acknowledging it and that's all that's a big part of it he's like oh go go kick that guy like i can li- i can see it yeah i see yeah i want to kick that guy but when I feel into it, I don't want to kick that guy, but I also acknowledge that that is there instead of pushing it away and being like, trying to fight. That's that's not there. That's like, that's not me. Like I'm not judging you like baloney. Like everyone's judging everybody on everything. Dude, I'm a don't professional don't, judge. don't tell me. I don't judge t- professionally. That's one of the things I do. I'm actually, <laughs> yes, I'm actually yes. a judge. So. I'm sure you're a great when judge. When people said don't judge, they were fucking wrong. Definitely judge. Right. And then what do I do with that judgment? It's a whole different thing. It's a yeah. completely different thing. I think a lot of times, too, is like what people mean when they say don't judge is don't project your shame or expectations on other people. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you got to judge because otherwise, like if, I, if you don't judge, man, like go eat bum poop. Like don't judge. Yeah. Right. And there's a whole... There's a whole line of Babas, the Naga Babas, that worship Shiva. And their whole thing is everything is Shiva. Everything is divine. Don't judge, right? So they eat corpses that float down the Ganga River. And one of the first things they have to do to get into the order is go to the burning ghats where they burn the cremate the corpses. And they have to find a skull and break it apart and, sh- and polish it and make a skull bowl. And that's the only thing they can own is that skull bowl to beg. And whatever people put in the bowl, they have to eat. 
and like they'll eat excrement and they'll eat again dead people they'll eat anything because to them they're demonstrating that everything is shiva you know everything is conscious light and love and i'm like word you guys how how about you're right I'm like i'm gonna stick to pizza dude because that part of shiva tastes way better like but yes you're totally right i'm fucking with you a hundred but also like pizza dude sure sleeping sure. inside sometimes is fucking cool and and that's a mentality or something that they that others have grown into like i i'm not gonna hold a skull in my hand and do any of that stuff yeah i probably could but i mean the life that i've lived thus far doesn't put me in that uh, agree yeah so like i'm hey there's one too gratitude right i'm grateful that i i never been in that scenario yeah. in that space well these are these are people who've come to this life eventually after like a lot of them after years and years like decades of meditation sure yeah and these are lineages that have been around for you know thousands of years and are really respected in india mm -hmm. it's kind of like they have a place for their like most insane and enlightened degenerates you know whereas here we just like give them heroin they live on the streets of san francisco in india people give them food and they venerate them as holy people and, and allow them you know, space in the community sure and where in my heart can I hold each and every human in that space? I can't hold it in your heart because your being is different than my being. And what I recognize when I have conversations with others as well is someone, someone speaks outside of me. Like, you know when, or you know this, or you know, you know when you go to the grocery store and someone bumps your cart and you just want to like push them. What if I changed that story to the time that I went to the grocery store and someone bumped my cart and I wanted to push them? Word. It changes the, the communication. It changes the wordage of, of how we communicate as human beings. I'm taking ownership of how I felt and yeah. what I was going through. And I recognize that, that thus far our society is still being taught to speak outside of self. And if I'm learning to speak outside of myself, I'm learning to also try and live outside of self. If I recently I've been practicing speaking for I and where where am I going with this? Right. Sure. Other has a judgment on me. I'm an asshole. OK, thank you. Why am I an asshole? What did I do? to be viewed as an asshole in your book so that I can work on myself. In the past, you call me an asshole, I'm gonna be like, whoa, let's go, bro, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm like, okay, how do I breathe? And then ask, like, Straight up. how, why am I being viewed this way? Word. Um, and, and that can be with anyone or anything. I learned a lot like other, other people are my, my mirror, right? someone upsets me it's because some part of that lives inside of me and i saw that big time with the whole trump thing like he was just yapping off and saying whatever the heck he wanted power to him i don't agree with everything you have to say but at the same time what i took from that is there was he had the power because he chose to say what he wanted to say and wasn't holding back yeah so when they put them where, up, they put them up against the people who who have practiced their entire life with prepared responses and a veneer of falsehood, and then they interact with other people publicly 
that are engaging in the same falsehood. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, a thing he did that was actually kind of a cunning genius thing was he just disrupted the entire falsehood. Mm-hmm. Even though, like you're saying, everything he had to say was trash. Mm-hmm. He was speaking from his heart. Right. And then, <laughs> and then where is it to where, like, I, I acknowledge that. And I was like, that's really cool. Cause where in my life do I not speak my truth? Right. Yeah. And so then the, when I found myself getting upset about something that he said, it was because it was his direct truth that he was saying. And where do I not speak my direct truth? So like when I was viewing society being like F Trump because of this, that or the other thing, well, he's only speaking what's true to him. And why are you so upset? Is it because you're not speaking your truth about each and every instant in your life? Right. And so I, I, I was working with that for a while. Like when, and I work with it now, like when others trigger me, like what part of that lives in me? What part of me is like, Oh, Matt's smoking a joint again. What part of me actually wants to smoke that, right? I am smoking a joint again. And knowing I'm kind of hot boxing Ruben in the studio right now. <laughs> right? What part of me wants to smoke that, but then also the part of me that tells myself, Oh well, I I also don't want to smoke that, right? But I could be like, What the hell are you doing, bro? Why are you doing that around me? Like well, is it because I really wanted to and I'm not doing it? It's because I'm a consummate degenerate. <laughs> I like. I also like smoking. Yeah. And the craziest thing is being high, like getting high, even on weed, mm-hmm. is difficult for me. It makes me feel more self-conscious. It like actually engages me in a lot of like anxiety processes a lot of the time. Hmm. So I'm not even smoking weed because it's like really fun as much as it kind of orients my personality and, and – continues to help me work on my ego and, and myself and mm. I like the taste and I like the act of smoking interesting one of my favorite things I keep asking people to make vapor carts that are only terpenes with no THC but live like really high quality live terpenes so I can just the ter- you know what the terpenes are right no so those are the smell chemicals like the reason Kush smells like Kush and Runt smells like Runt's these are alcohol based chemicals that like the same reason rosemary smells like rosemary okay lemons sure. smell like lemons these are all terpenes it's a classic plant chemical, right? Gotcha. I love the terpenes. And the terpenes actually go into your body and they go into your brain and into your immune system. And they're like little extra little hormonal keys and they upregulate your immune system. They do they have positive effects on your psychology. Mm-hmm. Rosemary, there was that test with rosemary where people were smelling rosemary and led to greater test recall and they perform better on tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, black pepper, the terpenes in black pepper, if you ever have an, like an anxiety or panic attack or even that type of a feeling, if you smell freshly ground black pepper not enough you know the fucking horse sure you know, sure don't yeah freshly ground black pepper it totally like grounds you and chills you out you like feel like a pressure wave go through your body like you just, huh. it's really interesting trippy. yeah interesting yeah. and so yeah. i really like the terpenes and what i really like is stuff that it was just highly terpenated and, and actually wasn't so stuff yeah and i take the ads with the best of them whatever like i can i can navigate through it mm-hmm. but uh i actually i really there's just something to the flavors that i, I really really love Interesting. Yeah, and I'm also like, decades ago, I, I, I've, you know, I've gone straight a couple times and and had multi year periods of sobriety. I don't really drink alcohol at all. Uh, the only drugs I really do are like weed, coffee, and, and psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had several multi multi year periods of doing no drugs at all as well. Yeah. And for me, it's like I just have been on this journey with cannabis, where the cannabis plant has really revealed itself to me as being a part of me, and for whatever reason, my entire life. 
this lifetime and it's not like it's been easy you know and not always to my benefit but i'm wedded with and it's like part of my dharma mission to be with the cannabis plant mm. my whole life yeah now, that might sound fucking weird but not I've at all hell of drugs bro and grown a lot of weed in the woods sure so. sure <laughs> and in houses, but. Uh, yeah, there yeah. were just moments where my friends were getting me like those ayahuasca plantaetas. Mm-hmm. And the things they were describing to me had been happening to me with my experience with cannabis for years. And, and through those kind of, through these experiences, I really realized what was kind of happening. I've developed a 35-year relationship with cannabis. Yeah. I mean, shoot, just as we're just one. as nice as a girlfriend, right? Like it's that, it's the relationship. I mean, for me, it's a living, it's a living organism as well. It is. Like, if I go into that aspect of like, I'm just the same as this microphone, like it's got energy mo- moving through it. Yep. Um, man-made, of course, but like, I mean, I'm just the same as a tree or a bird, you know, like you cut it open, it's going to bleed. Like you cut me open, I'm going to bleed. Those kinds of things. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say something about Dude, I think you. You're fucking getting high, bro. I can see I was the gonna, smoke in the room. Yeah, I was gonna say something about you. The door, the you smoking the is it like that? Clicks a little childhood thing for me. Like, I was never a really big smoker, but I yeah. always liked the smell of it. Like, yeah. my oh, just the smell of it in the air. My pops used to smoke, you know, like growing up or whatever. And I never got to smoke. I didn't even yeah. want to. But it's like a childhood memory of like. Home. Oh, that's cool. It it yeah. feels safe. It feels easy. Like it wow. it feels comfortable. Um, well, and the I've, smoke quality is so different too. Like between cigarettes and cannabis. Oh, smoke. completely. Cannabis completely. Smoke smells natural. It goes away. Like your room won't smell like weed if, mm-hmm. the next day or whatever. Yeah. No, my little brother jokes around is like when we used to hang out with pops and like there were the there were the cigarettes that we rolled the window down to and the cigarettes that we didn't ah. roll the window down to. <laughs> And nice. so, you know, That's like nice. he still, That's he still awesome. uses that as a reference and, oh you know, his day to day when we cruise around. So that's great. It's good stuff. But uh-huh. so, so, yeah, uh, you're wanting that's to know about philosophy. Bitcoin. Ruben called me up to know about Bitcoin and, and, and NFTs and crypto. And you're about to hear the worst explanations of all that shit. Cause I am almost retarded at uh, all of that stuff. So, uh, have you, have you done any crypto investing? Uh, and again, if you don't want to answer any questions, we can also go through this. And like, if there's any anything you ever want to strike out, we can strike it. Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, the striking out is on the buttons, but uh, exactly. I've got what did I? I think I got like three, four hundred bucks in Bitcoin. Okay. On like the Coinbase Website. platform, yep. whatever, and I keep like I'm certain I know there's more to it. Yes. And I'm like on this YouTube and that YouTube and that YouTube and and I'm having trouble like putting the two Legos together yeah. of like how do I actually make money off of it, right? Yeah. Like So are you ready for my professional I got take? X, you know, and I wanna go So you ready for this? Let's hear it. Okay, so first my certifications on the crypto are none. Right. And, and this really is not financial advice. This is definitely not financial advice. I have no fucking clue which is about to be revealed. I'm pretty sure that cryptocurrency is basically speculation. Mm-hmm. It's like a casino. It's like gambling. It's uh, not quite like a like a Ponzi scheme, but it seems like it may be. Although, I have a lot of friends who are deeper into crypto than me that have explained all these reasons why it's not that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's so much immoral or unethical. I think it's kind of like a willing gambling mission, uh, if that makes sense. Um, and that being said, there are 
there are utilities for crypto. You know, you can't mm-hmm. use it to move money around. You can't use it to subvert uh, things the government doesn't want you to. And, and uh, that's why they're making a lot of the, the exchanges here registry to the government, blah, blah, blah. It's a way to kind of stay out of the system if you want or need to or whatever. Um, I do think there is some worth there, but I could never explain it to you why. So if you had to ask me what it's worth, I would say it's pure speculation. It's gambling. Um, that being said, I've made a lot of money and not, again, not compared to a bunch of friends, but for me, I've made good, like thousands of dollars at a time mm-hmm. on crypto trading. Yeah. Um, you know, just day and week trading, watching, uh, watching spikes, kind of being in, you know, I'm pretty crafty on the internet and I kind of know what's coming before the general public does. Mm-hmm. So I made a couple thousand dollars on Doge at the way beginning, the very first time it pumped a little bit. And I would have made so much more, but I sold it right away because I was stoked because I just made a few grand off like 700 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at coins and the thing that's kind of annoying is you have to get into like looking at the coin communities on Twitter, which you can get through coin market cap. I'll, I'll give you a, we'll, I'll show I'm not you some a tweeter. stuff afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, no, I don't do Twitter either, but you can, you can access Twitter from the coin market cap website. And it is important to look at the coins. And so the first thing you want to start doing is you want to look at like the website and the communities around the coins that you invest in. Sure. Because that's how you can start to ascertain if they are pure rampant speculation or one of those pump and dump schemes or, you know, something that actually has value. Like Mm -hmm. does the coin actually do something? Some coins actually do perform a pretty cool function like Ethereum is, is all the, a lot of the NFT networks are built on it, but also a lot of colleges and scientific uh, institutions use Ethereum for lab hour trades. And so there's like a really reason why for Ethereum. Oh yeah. Big time. The reason why for Bitcoin is basically it was the first Ethereum. There's, there's some reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, Litecoin used to be a big one, but it's faded because there really wasn't anything behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, So then that's the first level is just cryptocurrency coin investing. Right. 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 Next level is staking. And so what, staking, yeah. so what staking is, is this, um, you want to send, you want to pull out 20 Bitcoin that there's a whole blockchain equation thing that has to go on on computers mm-hmm. that has to be executed and verified to safely transfer that money. So you can transfer that money without getting ripped off. Right. Mm-hmm. That takes time. If you're staking, what you're doing is you are giving a, a platform or an exchange that you trust like Coinbase or another one, you're giving them your money to hold kind of like a savings account with a bank. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they, they know if you're pulling money from Coinbase because it's all on their platform, right? They already know that money's good. Right. And they know they're going to kick it out to you. But in the Bitcoin network, it wouldn't be able to get to you for maybe 45 minutes. Maybe it takes two hours. Mm-hmm. If they have staked coin that someone else's, they can transfer that coin until the, the next transaction verifies and then replenishes that coin. And so in your staking, what you're doing is you're giving the, your, them your X amount of currency. Mm-hmm. They're holding it like a savings account. And then they use that to make transactions quicker. And then what they do is they give you a stated percentage mm-hmm. on that. Like Polkadot coin is at like 12%, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just in terms yeah, of sure. Normal investing is like, you're stoked if you get three to five percent return per year, right? So, and if it's in my savings account, I get 0.05 percent or something. So if you put it all in polka dot, the polka dot amount can go up and down, it does, but you're also getting 12 percent gain a year for the life of the coin, mm-hmm. right? So that's staking. And to really get staking gains, you have to keep it there for long term, medium term, so it's at least a several year play to stake. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you could try it for several months, but you're not really going to get anything important. So staking is more of a long term, multi year play. 
Mm-hmm. Now the next level of thing is farming. And I kind of know how farming works and I kind of don't, but I am doing it outside the of the Bitcoin world. You definitely know how to farm. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Polite thanks. Humble thanks. Uh, cannabis farming. I got that one. Yes. Uh, so farming is something similar to staking. Only now there's a pool created of two like values. As soon as you have to go, let me know. So in, in farming, there's a pool created of two separate coins of two like values, meaning not the coins are the same value, but the pool is the same value. Like if this coin's a hundred bucks and there's a hundred bucks in there and that coin's a dollar, there's still a hundred bucks in. Mm-hmm. Right. So you put in an equal amount of liquidity into two staking pools that are linked. Mm-hmm. And now what you're doing is you're helping exchanges to swap coins. Mm-hmm. So if I have, it's almost like currency, tra- currency trading, right? You have euros, right? Right. Dude X has dollars. You want, you want, you want to trade. You guys both want to trade, right? Mm-hmm. So all you know on your side is I want dollars and I have euros. All he knows on his side is I want euros and I have dollars. And the exchange goes through and finds this pair and matches it up, right? Mm-hmm. And swaps it. Now that could take a while, especially being that it's two different currencies. Mm-hmm. What your farming pools do is you have that pool of euros and you have that pool of dollars. And so again, the, the exchange takes from your two pools, fulfills that transaction faster, and then you get a kickback from allowing that to happen. Huh. The advantage to farming is the returns can be from to 10% like staking all the way up to hundreds of percentiles, like 150% APR return. Wow. So wow. you can start getting like big chunks back. Mm-hmm. And with the pools, my friend was saying there is a thing that can happen to you and he explained it to me, but I have no clue what it's called, but there's basically a way that people can exploit the pools and steal money from them. But for the most part, if you stay under like about 150% yield return and you stay on these certain websites and mm-hmm. offers others you're pretty much safe and you're just making a bunch of money yeah and now i can show you how to do this first part mm-hmm. do you have a laptop not on me okay. i'm next you time i laptop, next time i come visit you, you i'm definitely laptop, laptop next for sure and then we'll just go and we'll get you all set up yes and then my friend told me about this new super secret thing that's like farming but it's not and he explained it to me twice and we talked on the phone for like a fucking hour Mm-hmm. And I have no fucking clue what it is. <laughs> so it's the same fair. thing where fair. he has to, uh, uh, he, I, there's a couple of wallets and things I have to put together and a couple of websites I have to get on. Mm-hmm. But what happened is in the interim between that happening, like all of the coins have kind of taken a, a dump again. Yep. And so I'm just waiting. And once they kind of recover a little bit more, then I'll sign up for the stuff and, and move it. That's Feb- the other thing February, is, February. It's going to, yeah, you do have to be My careful belief. because, again, it is speculation, and they can go up and down, and mm-hmm. you can end up buying at a high point and getting hosed, right? Oh, yeah. But what I found is, you know, number one, I got lucky when I first bought in and, and bought in very low, but then my good friend fucking evaporated those funds for both of us through an awesome website that was a for sure thing. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Sure. Um, and I got, it's funny thing is I got back in because I had invested Bitcoin in so low and Ethereum mm-hmm. that I had like, fractions of a penny of each left in my coinbase account and then i checked in when coinbase when bitcoin went up to like where did it jump it was when it jumped above 20. like 68 or oh way back in the day like 40 it jumped up to 40 that first time or 30 okay. something like that right mm-hmm. 37 i think I was the first coinbase big number yeah. I had 700 bucks in bitcoin and ethereum because those fractions of a cent had gone up so much. sure sure and sure so that is what i rolled in doge and a couple of other 
short-term plays, and I rolled that up to where it's now probably. We're just going to leave it. It's in the five digits. I haven't hit the six digits, but mm-hmm. I've been doing all right. Yeah. Lately, I've been having to work too much, so I haven't been able to. you got to sit in front of the computer if you want to do shorter-term trades. That's you really great. have to sit your ass there. Yeah. But you can do longer-term plays, and, and the whole point of this long-ass story is if you find yourself – if you find value dropping, the biggest thing you can do is just don't fucking panic. Right. Just hold it. Because mm-hmm. like my friend bought in at twenty thousand the first time Bitcoin went to twenty thousand he bought in like eighteen nine ninety five sure and then it dumped down to like seven or whatever it was mm-hmm. and these numbers are probably wrong yeah go yes. fuck yourself everybody um, <laughs> and so but so he's like oh fuck what do I do and I'm like well just hold it mm-hmm. and he did and now that one Bitcoin he bought is worth over double and was triple plus mm-hmm. right yeah just by leaving it the fuck alone for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean today, if 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 he had bought it at twenty and held on to it, he did. I mean, it's, it's worth forty seven. It's right forty seven. Yeah. yeah, so it's so, more than doubled. Yeah, yeah. So Boom. he's all right. Yeah, and he yeah. just sat on it. You know I'm what I mean? Panic like, hey, selling. The biggest yeah. thing is don't panic sell. If you're doing stocks too, don't panic sell. Yeah, hold, hold, hold. I never got into the stock thing, but uh, I've started doing stocks. I, as I well. watch a lot of I watch I watch a lot of stuff, and I'm like, well, how do I get in? But then, how do I also pay my rent? So. I can show you some stuff about that. You need to start saving some money, setting some money aside, mm-hmm. and and putting that. If you need other, you know, side hustles or whatever you got to do to get that extra cash, yep. or just a savings plan. Well, that will talk s- offline. Yeah, yeah. Start making a savings plan, and then start putting that. And I can show you uh, after we get off this because again, I don't know. I know even less, and I know that you can actually get in trouble for saying shit about stocks, mm-hmm. with the SEC. So like, not financial advice at all. Whatsoever. Way not financial We're just advice. shooting yeah, the my shit. My only financial advice is like. Make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pay me to grow some weed for you. Anyway. Um, so dividend stocks. So what a dividend is, is a company pays you back for the amount of stock you own mm-hmm. quarterly, which means every three months. And so if you get stocks that you're not, they're not like tech stocks as much, and some of them are, but not for the most part. You get stocks in good companies that mm-hmm. have real rock solid services that basically will always exist till the end of time mm-hmm. that pay dividends. And it's not like crypto. You're going to get like, you know, 7% is fucking amazing. For dividends, right, right, right. But. Well, because the big dogs already got their hands on it. Every three months, you're getting a check back per stock that you own. Mm. So you're getting, if you own, you know what I mean? So sure. you can literally, if you get to the point where you have a few hundred thousand dollars invested, I know that sounds like a lot, but it's easy to do. At this you, juncture. If you apply 10 or 15 years thinking mm-hmm. and a solid plan to it, it's yeah. actually really easy. And you're in your 30s, right? 41. 41, you're fine. So by the time you're my age or a little bit older, you could have several hundred thousand dollars in stocks really easy. Teach and me, so, Obi-Wan. Yeah, I wish someone would go back in time and teach my sorry ass. Um, but the cool thing is this. Say you got like half a million dollars in dividend stocks, right? Um, uh, let's apply some math real quick. Mm. Not necessarily my strong suit. I can push oh, buttons. Okay. Boom. I hear you. So like you could be making upwards of 35k or more just in dividends. Wow. That means without having to sell any stock. Oh, can you put that back over there? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I I've, I heard it. Yeah, I felt oh. it. So you can be making like you can literally with smart investing over a period of like 10, 15, 20 mm. years, you get put to the point where whenever you want to stop working, Mhm. Or, or you're just saying 60, 65. Well, let's say like, you know, by the time you're 60 or 65. Sure. That you can be pulling in 10, 15, 20K a month or more just in dividends, which means you don't have to sell your stock at all. You're not selling your stock. That goes a long way in the Philippines. It goes a long way everywhere except fucking Sonoma <laughs> County, bro. 
Uh, welcome to Sonoma County. Uh, we'll but it's so beautiful here. All of your money. Yeah. Well, I was telling somebody, somebody was like, again, they were like, why don't you move to Grass Valley, blah, blah, blah. And he called me uh, yesterday. He's like, dude, I'm snowed in. I got to get my friend with the thing and the tractor and the man. I'm like, I'm like, wow, crazy. I'm like, yeah, yesterday, I mean, it did rain here. And there was a point where I was like, fuck, I might have to like change out of these flip flops. Like, right. That's what we're paying for. Yeah. I was like, dude, it's. Even I'm, on the I'm worst freezing rainy cold. Day. It's 55 degrees. Yeah, dude, like, on the worst rainy day, you're like, oh, I might have to actually wear shoes and a jacket today. This is effed. Yeah. You know? And glorious year. We're getting, you know, temp, uh, you know, normal inclement weather for Santa Rosa. We're finally having a normal, air quotes, normal year for Santa Rosa with the amount of rain and cold sure, and cloud yeah. cover and, like, hallelujah, thank you, nature spirits. It's 52 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And if yeah. it's 52 degrees, that means it's, like, probably 42 in Willits right now. Mm-hmm. It's probably like forty in Grass Valley, and it's probably like below zero yeah, back sure. east somewhere. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> and I'm not even trying. Nope. I'm a Thank brown. I'm a brown man, dude. Yes, I sir. need that sunshine, dude. Vitamin D production. Yes, and definitely. Just attitude. Yeah. Kept me young. Well, word, dude. I think we did I, good. We I like chopped it. it up for probably over an hour. Oh shoot. Yeah, crazy, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So uh, too easy. Let's call that the initial one, and then we can just actually chop it up offline as well. I'm in it. Um, social media links. Do you have uh, Instagram? Uh, I have those things. I was, uh, I'm not, I'm not on it enough. I'm not on it enough. Like, and this is where I would benefit from like a quote unquote team to do like my socials so that I could actually get clients to do what I'm doing through myself and the show. You're welcome to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I can post some links if, uh, I get them afterwards. If if somebody wants to talk to you about the intimacy coaching or anything else that you do is mm-hmm. there a way that they shadow can, work yeah uh how should they best contact you do you have an email i got an email yeah. i'm uh double r star 3603 at gmail.com i'm uh ruben rosas on facebook and i believe i'm mr rubes on instagram uh i'll post links as well i'm on the telegram i'm on whatsapp i'm on uh signal so I'm I'm out there. I just I don't know how to link all the things together. Well, let's start with the email. Some, let's yeah. Start with the email because you check your emails every day. Perfect. What was your email one more time? It's all lowercase r r s t a r three six zero three at gmail dot com. Word, word, brother Ruben. Thank you so much for helping me and uh, just helping me check out my equipment and and then providing a depth of knowledge mm. and experience. and a really cool time and and thank you for allowing me to learn more about you thank you i appreciate you and uh having me on and doing the thing like awesome bro yeah like i said you're where i wanted to be like six months ago (laughs) (laughs) well humble thanks i i think i'm a i'm a maybe longer i'm a complete mess but somehow i uh project this hologram field that i got it going on and it's okay oh hey i'm equally a shambles i love it (laughs) i love it i think we all are and it's like i gather the the plus energy. How about that? Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Okay. And I hope you get that off of me as well. So yeah. it's that, it's that, uh, let it stay out of my mind and just go with the feelings. Beautiful. Thank All you, right. brother Ruben. Too easy. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Have a good time out there in, uh, everywhere land, internet land. Woo!